0: you <music>
1: What's up everybody everybody wait a minute let me turn these headphones up a bit i need to hear myself is that better there we go that's what's up hey what's up everybody i uh introduced a little bit of new intro music today which i'm excited about i'm now going to turn this guy off and uh oh i know what i'm gonna do I have a cool little, uh, what you call it, um, cover of a sweet song that I'm going to play for you. Wait one sec. Don't go anywhere now.
2: I think this is right. I can't hear myself though. Hmm. Hello. Is there any audio coming? Oh yeah.
3: It's the same thing as through here. The audio coming through. Through this
2: microphone, through this, wait. Okay, so this is the cover. It goes with something. Oh, that's why. Can't hear it in my headphones because I had the thing muted.
1: Okay, this is a song you may or may not uh, recognize. And I apologize if my singing is terrible, because it probably will be. So anyway, that's what's up on that. I'm going to turn this guy down. Uh, it's kind of a fun little podcast. I mean, uh, podcast, a little cover. Um, picked it up. Actually, I've, I've known that song for a long time, but I've never actually done a cover of it. And then uh, just recently, I
3: actually had that song requested. I got I got requested to do a cover of that song. So I did. It turned out pretty well. So. You know, actually, so, there's this other song that I've been writing on the guitar.
2: Let's see if I can pick this guy up and play. Oh, oh so many chords. These chords are everywhere, I swear.
3: Now, I don't actually know if this guy's coming through, so let's see.
2: Plug it in. I just don't, I think it's this guy here.
3: Why is that not coming through the headphones, I wonder? It's not muted.
1: I think it is coming through the the recording, though, so that should be okay. I think so. Anyway, uh, it kind of goes like this. goes like this. So I haven't written any words to it yet, but that's kind of the, the gist of the guitar part. Um, and I'm really concerned as to why it's not actually coming through. But anyway, I think it actually did get it on the recording, so that's fine. Um, but the cool thing is, uh, Dennis wanted me to see if I could
3: do it on the piano. So this is what that song sounds like on the piano. It's actually kind of, it's really cool.
2: And I'm actually going to switch this to piano, piano. So you can hear it.
3: <laughs> Sorry, it's a little loud. Hang on a second.
1: So anyway, and then the chorus is basically the same chords. So it's kind of fun. I'm going to try and put some words to that one uh here in the next however long. But it's kind of a fun song. Um so man, I haven't put posted an episode in a while just to give you a little bit of an update uh on what's been going
3: down in the kitchen. If you know what's up with that. And uh
2: and then just talk about some stuff. Some stuff. What's been going on? Um,
3: so, I kind of, well, I don't actually know if I'm allowed to say
1: anything about that yet, but I've been getting back into the dating game. We'll, we'll say that. So, I've been sort of putting myself out there a little bit. Um, I didn't really, I don't know that I really ever took myself out of the dating game. I just, it's kind of like, it's like there's a difference between completely pulling out of something and just stopping putting effort in, if that makes sense. So I never really pulled out of dating. I just sort of stopped trying. <laughs> and uh, we discovered this new app, this new dating app that's like Tinder, but for, but it's kind of classier because the, the girl has to do, initiate all the
3: conversation and stuff. And um, it actually has worked out pretty well for me so far. More on that later. Um,
2: but it's been good. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Just getting some emails. Just
1: getting some emails from people. Um, A lot of things have been sort of on my mind of late. Um, Probably, I think partially, anytime you meet somebody new, you sort of get their their take and their perspective on life. And I I think it's interesting to um, compare, contrast, just look at the way things people are doing things and see how it differs from the way you think and what you do. And, and then just make not judgments in the sense of like judging that person for the way they think, but like judgments in the sense of, you know, this is how they think. This is how I think this is how it's different. Um, here are the differences between the way you think and the way I think, and just kind of go from there. So, um, one thing that's been really interesting to me is this idea of guilt and I've been, I've, I've kind of toyed around with this idea for a long time. I just never really said anything until more recently. And, and I really don't say, that, say anything about it that much. But guilt, guilt is
3: an interesting thing. Because um, most, I think that, that more often than not,
1: we as humans, we feel guilty because we think we're supposed to. More so than we actually feel guilty. And, and I think, That's 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 kind of true in most situations, but I think there's also there's there's like a, a spot where we actually are guilty, but I think that's mostly just we've been conditioned that we're supposed to be guilty in those situations. And so we are we feel a certain sense of guilt, but it's not not really for the thing that we did, but rather for the way that we look now. And I think that's probably the thing that bothers me the most about this whole guilt thing. Is the fact that it's, we're not really guilty for what we did. We're guilty for how we look now. Oh, I feel so bad. I feel so guilty. Why did I do that? You know, when, you know, we're, we're most of the time in my experience, people that are guilty or that feel guilty, and I'm not talking about like guilty of murder, right? I'm talking about feeling guilty for having done something like for cheating on your diet plan or, or, um, I don't know. Really just anything. But a lot of times it has to do with like religious things, feeling guilty for having, you know, in a relationship, you, you know, you get a little bit more
3: physical than a little bit quicker than you have in the past or something. And it can, it turns into
2: like a, I
3: a second, just a big guilt trip that you put yourself on saying, Oh, you know, we, I shouldn't be
1: doing that. I shouldn't be going that far that fast. And, and I'm not trying to say that there shouldn't be lines and that you shouldn't Have standards, so to speak. But what I'm trying to
3: say is, guilt doesn't really have a place. I don't think, not really. We talk about guilt as being like, guilt.
1: I think is something that's that's uh, mostly for people who are trying to to live a certain set of rules, and guilt is what keeps you from breaking those rules or keeps you from from being okay with breaking those rules. I spent a lot of my life feeling very guilty. For the way that I thought, for the way that I acted, for things that I was doing, and um, I can tell you, now I, I I haven't lived my whole life. Okay, so everything that I say is just this is what I've experienced up to this point. So I, I might get on in two years and say, okay, that thing I said before about having no guilt, being awesome, was a good thing, and it turns out it was a bad thing. That might happen. That might actually happen. But I think the key is I. I don't feel guilty for anything because I don't do things that I don't want to do. And I think the key here is, and you have to kind of hear what I'm saying here. The key is not, I don't feel guilty. I do whatever I want. The key is I do what I want to do. Like, like the real me. It's actually, it's actually more of an honesty thing than it is anything else. I think. So instead of thinking of it like oh you know I'm I'm doing all these things and I just don't care what people think I care actually quite a bit what some people think I think the key is I I I am just honest and true to who I actually am and I'm not trying to put on airs or be different for anybody or do anything that's that's you know that's going to make me seem I just I'm not really into the idea of Holding, upholding somebody else's standard of life. If, if it's like my, if it's my standard, like if it's me we're talking about, I, I want to do me. Does that make any sense? I just don't like, I don't like the guilt thing. And, and I, 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 honestly, it doesn't really matter what, what other people do. Like you can feel guilty or whatever, and it doesn't really affect me per se. But what, I think what happens is I, th- I think that people are, um, Shortchanging themselves from an honest experience with themselves more so than their they're, they're, they're shortchanging themselves from like experiences with other people, so i 'm not saying, oh, you could be having you know you could be eating whatever you want or you could be being more physical in your relationships or all these different that 's not really the point, although those are that's true the The point really is the more okay you are with yourself, the more honest you are about who you are and what you want um, the less looking to like the less appearances
3: matter. Like I don't don't really care what it looks like I'm doing because I know what I'm doing. In any particular situation, if I, you know, if I stay out really late,
2: I don't really care what it looks like because it doesn't matter what it looks like. All that matters is what I'm actually doing.
1: If that makes any sense. And if it, when it comes down to what I'm eating, like some, there, there are these twinges every once in a while where I'm like, I don't want these people to see me like these people only see me eat crappy food. I don't want them to think I'm a, I'm a, I'm an unhealthy eater. And then I'm like, what does it matter what they think? Like, what does it matter how I look? I know the truth, right? That I'm not in a, I think part of this comes from too, from the fact that I'm not in a, in a position in life where what it looks like I'm doing matters. I think there are some people who are in situations where the perception
3: of what they're doing and and how they're doing and all this kind of stuff, it does matter and it's huge. But I think that for most of us, it doesn't because we know what's actually going on.
0: And
1: I think actually from a philosophical standpoint, if we step back and stop talking about practicality and we talk about philosophy in, in general, I think it actually... I think at a, at a core level in, in, at a core level, none of us should care what it looks like we 're doing. The only thing that should matter to any of us is what 's actually happening. So I think that as a society in general, we've sort of conditioned ourselves to be more concerned with how we 're perceived than with what we 're actually doing. I found that all the time in the Mormon Church. in fact, that was one of my biggest frustrations with with Mormonism the whole way through was the fact that um, Most of the time, what seemed to be more uh, important to people was how righteous they looked, instead of how righteous they were actually being. Right from in the the Mormon sense, right. So it mattered more that they not appear to be uh, to be making bad choices than to actually make bad choices. In some instances, this is a this is a cold hard fact that so many people just don't understand. Sometimes you have to look evil.
3: To do good. This is a, a perfect example of this. Is the scene from Batman.
1: Uh, I think Dark Knight Rises. Or the Dark Knight. The second one. Where at the very end. Uh, what's his bones? The Harvey Dent turns into Two-Face. And Batman decides. Christian Bale. I'm, uh, uh, Bruce Wayne decides. Batman needs to become a bad guy. In order to do a good thing. In other words. Rid basically keep the keep Harvey Dent's image uh where it was supposed to be so that the city doesn't get crumbled get crumbled so the city doesn't fall apart he needed to take the role of the bad guy and basically just take him out cuz Harvey Dent had gone crazy right so instead of protecting his image he protected the city which was his whole goal in the first place so it wasn't and i know that's kind of a lame example but that's that's kind of the that's kind of what i'm getting at we don't we don't have to always think about what, um, what it looks like we're doing. In fact, I don't think we ever should. I tr- whenever I find myself um, being concerned with how, what, what it looks like, I immediately do exactly what I'm afraid of doing. Right? Like, one thing that I struggle with all the time is I don't want my coaches and my teammates on the Muay Thai team at the boxing club to think that I, uh, um, I want them to see me as a consistent and a, and a and a dedicated trainee. I want, to see them as a, I want them to see me as a teammate, as someone who shows up consistently. And so on occasion, I'll go to the gym just because I don't want to not go and not show up in that way. And sometimes when I'm making a decision about whether going to the gym or doing something else that might be more important or that I might enjoy more, I'll make the choice to go to the gym mostly because I don't want people to see me as slacking off. Even though I'm not slacking off, like the truth is when it comes to training now, don't get it twisted. I, I nine and a half times out of 10, I will prefer a training session over any other activity. Right. That that's truth. And if I don't show up, it's because either something else came along that's way, way more attractive or I'm hurt.
3: Right. Um, And I've, I've gotten to the point there actually was a time when I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even let injury keep me from showing up. which is dumb. If you're injured, don't train. Because it's not, it's not good for you, it's not good for the other people. Um, but, uh, but more
1: and more recently, I've started being okay with making choices because here's the key. And this actually is true across pretty much everything in life. You have time. Like today's class is not the most important class. The, the, the way you, you gain, um, experience the way you gain. And by the way, this is, this is going to become a bigger topic of conversation that I'm going to dive into in a second. But the way that you progress is not in these little steps. Like it's not today. It's the last six months and it's the next six months. Okay. So it's kind of like how some people are, are when they count calories, they're really concerned about the daily count. How did I do today? And it, it really bothers them if they go over or if they're too far under or whatever for the day. But they don't realize that that's not the way, the, the body doesn't work on a daily schedule. The body works, more, it's cl- much closer to like a weekly schedule or even like a, a bi-weekly schedule every couple of weeks. So when it comes to counting calories, you're actually much more, you're actually much more likely to be successful. In my experience, I've been much more successful, that's how i put it. I've been much more successful losing weight in the past When I'm not as focused on the daily plus and minus on the calorie, the caloric intake, but rather when I'm focused more on like the the overall for the week. Am I over under for the week? So I might go over my calories one day, but then I might go over on my exercise another day. and It balances it out. Okay. And I think that's the same thing in general in life. Like for training for me, I'm not as concerned with this individual training session because I know there's going to be another training session tomorrow. And I know that there's going to be that same class next week and I'm, and I'm not going anywhere. Right now there is sort of a, there's a mindset that goes around of you want to, you you get there faster if you participate in any way you can. And that's, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to get twisted. I am in the, I am in the fast track mindset, but I'm also not, uh, I'm not beholden to any individual day. So like, I didn't go to training on Tuesday at all. Had a volleyball game. I normally don't train on Tuesday evenings anymore because I play volleyball, and the timing is just weird. Um, but I didn't go to the noon class either, and it was there was a couple things going on. But uh, but I didn't beat my I used to beat myself up or over it. I'd be like ah I didn't show up, and then I'd have to like have a conversation and and drop in to my coaches like why I wasn't there, and now they know that I'm coming. They know I'm gonna show up. They get concerned if I don't and they'll text me and say, hey, what's going on? But if I don't show up one day, that's not the end of the world to them and it's not the end of the world, of the world to me. It's not all about today because there's time. So I think probably the key there is if you find yourself in situations where you're really, really on edge and really anxious about something that's happening today, just remember,
3: like, there's tomorrow. There's next week. Like, why are you so concerned about what happens today? It's not as important as you think.
1: And especially when it comes to like experiences with people, there are some moments that you can miss. I will give you that. I'll, 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 that's, that's true. There are some moments that you can miss and you never get those things back, right? Birth of a child, first step, uh, first word, um, first kiss, first, you know, there's all these different types of things that you miss. But remember, at the end of the day, You can, uh, there's always time and you can always, um, make up for things, at least for yourself. So if you, you know, if it's really important to you that a friend show up for some performance that you have and they don't show up for the performance for whatever reason, it's not the end of the world. It's not. And don't make it the end of the world because it's not, I mean, they, it's not the end of the world. It's just, it's just a thing. It didn't happen. You got plenty of time to still be friends. And there's no reason for you to get all, get in a hissy fit and get pissed off about it. If a friend doesn't text you back right away, don't worry about it. They're going to text you back,
3: right? And if they don't, they're not worth being your friend anyway. So I think everybody just needs to kind of chill out. Just relax.
1: Here's another theory that's growing in me. And I, this is a theory because I don't have a lot of practical experience in this. Uh, I don't have varied practical experience in this, but I do have some. I have a little bit of uh, practical experience in this. But this is a this because it's theoretical at this point, we're gonna see
3: this, we're gonna see how I can.
2: <sighs> Excuse me.
3: I'm gonna test this over the next six months or so. And it has to
1: do with relationships. And it could be a like a romantic relationship, it could be a friendship, it could be a training relationship, a mentor mentee relationship. Um there's two things I want to talk about that I've been thinking about the last couple of days. The first is the, the rush and I mean the rush in, in the sense that sense of urgency there can be uh, in, in a lot of different relationships there can be a sense of urgency around um, pushing for things to happen sooner right so you're in a, like a friendship relationship and it's like oh I want to hang out with you we should go do stuff and you can try and you can try and almost force it in a, in a, in a romantic relationship it can be like oh I want to see you every day I always want to be with you. I always want to hang out with you. And, or, you know, I want to, I want to kiss you as soon as possible. I want to hold your hand as soon as possible. I want to, want to spend the night as soon as like those kinds of things. Right. I want to get to it. There's that, that angst. There's that, that, that drive to take it to that level with a ment like with a mentor or mentee. It's like you want to get to the point where you and your mentor are on good terms, like good, like friendship terms, but also, Profession, good professional terms to where your mentor is giving you opportunities and, and helping you out in that sense, right? So you want to get to that next level. And I think that's true of, of everything. You always kind of want to get to that next level. But um, there's something different about relationships than skills that you're acquiring, languages you're trying to learn, things like that, where you can kind of hack the process and the faster you get to what you're looking for, the better. With, with, with relationships,
3: it seems to me Right? Again, I'm not an expert, but it seems to me that the more, I won't say slow, I'll say deliberate, the more deliberate you are,
1: the uh, better the experience for both parties in the long run. And, and what I mean by that is um, sometimes sometimes it can be fun to get caught up in the rush and just run forward and, and get and just go crazy. Um, but it's, in my, this I do have experience on, my experience is the moments when things are so slowed down and deliberate, where it's not a, it's not a rush, you're not, you're, not, um, you're not trying to get to it so quickly, you're being very specific and very deliberate about it, meaning you, let's say for a relationship, instead of trying to, to rush towards um, having sex or anything like that, physically kissing you know kissing each other or holding hands or going out instead of trying to rush to that if you're very specific about the journey getting there the experience itself it would seem would be that much more uh pleasant and powerful
3: i think and and it would bring you together more so so i think the
2: hmm.
3: the point there is to not Rush. Just be deliberate. And in fact, there's this beautiful scene.
1: So I'm watching Vikings the other day. I'm into season four. And in, I think it's episode five or something, there's this beautiful scene. And if, you watch, if you've seen Vikings, and if you're watching season four, you'll know what I'm talking about. But there's this scene, this scene where Ragnar, the main guy, is uh, kind of seducing this other lady, this other woman. And the way he does it, is so like there's so many like sex scenes in movies and I think this happens in real life too where it's it's so there's like the buildup the tension the tension the tension and then it just breaks and it's like floodgates and it's like you, you you go and you wait and finally then there's like the eyes lock and they're like yes this is going down then they they attach faces and they just go crazy and they're running into things and they're jumping up on counters and they're jumping into bed and they're ripping their clothes off and all this stuff's happening. And I think there's, there's some benefit to that. There's, you know, that could be fun. But for me, this scene, he, he one, of the, one of the downsides, I'll, let me let me back up a second. One of the downsides to that type of quickness is that you, you rush past the experience itself. You're so excited about getting to the end that you miss the whole experience you don't remember like the individual moments. And those moments don't, don't, um, don't affect you in the same way. Well, this scene probably to the, to date, I just saw this yesterday, but this scene might be one of my favorite scenes in television of all time. And it's not because it's a sex scene. It's a little bit because that, but it's, that's not really the point. The point is uh, he is so deliberate. They are so connected for that whole scene. It's not, he 's not rushing in he's not trying to surprise her. she knows what's happening. he knows what's happening they're both cool with it. They both want it to happen and and he is he comes at her so deliberately and so methodically and so slowly and the beauty of it is my, 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 my limited experience in this field is the slower and the more deliberate you are, it, the, the buildup of the like, that's, that's the cool part, is that, that buildup, right? It's understanding the tension, whether it's uh, physical or sexual or whatever, the tension between you and somebody else, and just playing those strings, just milking it for all it's worth, and just building that tension all the way up. But not, and then not, not getting, not, you have this tension all built up, it's like a balloon that's full, and not just popping it, but slowly, like slowly going,
3: I don't even know how to, how to describe it. The, the, the thing is just don't, I think for me, the, the, the key is there's no rush. Don't get caught up in the rush because you're going
1: to miss, you're going you're gonna to miss the, the view. It's like if you drive the PCH, the Pacific Coast Highway, and you're trying to get from San Diego to San Francisco and all you care about is getting to San Francisco, so you're like speeding up the PCH, you're missing the whole point, right? You don't, you don't stop at any of the
3: lookouts. You don't stop at any of the beaches. You just drive for 12 hours straight or however long it takes. You miss the whole point, right? Whereas if you, if you take your time, you're going to get there. It's okay. You're
1: going to get there. But you just get to experience the whole process, and you get to you get to break it all down, and the moments become eternities unto themselves. Instead of trying to rush in to the other things, and I think that I think that to tie the guilt conversation, in, I think that guilt causes us to think that we need to rush because we're afraid. I think I think that people in general are afraid that if they don't rush, that there's going to be a moment when they're doing whatever they're doing where. Um, they're going to come to and they're going to, I think this is a deep-seated subconscious fear. They're afraid they're going to come to and, and get really guilty and then it's going to stop. So they're trying to to build up all this this momentum to get them past that if it
3: does happen. And so they end up just running past the whole experience. I don't know. I could be making all that up. It seemed kind of cool. Um, the other thing I want to talk about that's related to that is,
2: um, has to do more with, hang on, let me get some water. Um, has to do more, get back with that time aspect.
3: Like there is time, um, a lot of times in relationships, and this
1: might, again, this, this might just have been me. I might be the only one guilty of this uh, for my whole life. But there is this thing where, where guys and girls in relationships want to get things right the first time. And so uh, there, I think there's a subset of men who, in relationships, are always looking for their significant other to tell them what to do. right? To give them, I, I know for myself... I would ask. I, I used to love asking questions, but the re, but the reason why the problem is the reason why the reason why I loved asking questions is because I wanted to know the what I was supposed to do in every situation before the situation came up, so I could just do it right, right. So I would ask things about, you know, if you're sick, what do you what do you want someone to do? If you are sad, what's the best way to respond? If you're pissed off, what's the best way to respond? Right? All these things, and I and I was really um, I've been pretty um, tactical about it. Like I don't, I don't ask those questions when somebody's mad or when somebody's sad. I ask those questions before um, or after, just to 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 make sure, you know, to get the right answer. But um, and I'll ask things like flowers or chocolates. I'll ask things like, "What's your favorite type of food?" All of these different types of things, which is good to know. But it's it. But I would ask it not because I was curious to get to know the person, but rather because I wanted to be prepared so that I could do everything right. Cause I didn't want there to be any situations. Why does this thing keep turning? I don't like it. There we go. I didn't want there to be any situations where I screwed up. Or I did, I did the wrong thing or I didn't do the best thing. Cause I don't like that, that feeling of like, Oh, thanks for trying. Right. I just didn't like that feeling. Well, recently my mind has changed a little bit and I'm, along with the idea that there's we have time and that there's no need to rush um i think that making mistakes getting things wrong and learning through experience not necessarily through in in, in inquiry is the way that it's supposed to be done and what i mean by that is i i am as i'm for, getting back into this dating thing i am a lot less concerned about learning everything there is to know about a person beforehand, specifically so that I won't ever screw up. I'm much more concerned now with living in the moment, um, experiencing the moment, and paying attention. Right, so instead of trying to create like a user guide for this person, and then always going back to the user guide, I'm just paying attention to the person. And I'm letting her or him, depending on what the, not like romantic relationship with a guy, but uh, if it's like a friendship or whatever, I'm, I'm not as concerned with everything going perfectly. I'm more concerned with making sure that I'm paying attention because I'm more focused on the long term play. I'm not as focused on, okay, I need to get it right now because I'm trying to do X, Y, Z in the next two weeks, right? Trying to take her to bed in the next two weeks. No, right. Trying to make a connection with somebody trying to actually make something that's going to last and, re- and really connect with somebody. So I'm not as concerned with, you know, b- building this, this guide to, to getting it right, but rather I'm enjoying my time. I'm um, paying attention. And as things happen, I'm just trying things. I'm no longer afraid to get it wrong, I think is the big difference. And, and why should I be afraid to get it wrong? What, what happens if I get it wrong? You got it wrong? That's it try you 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 learn from it and then you come back again and you do it right the next time so it's not it's not um it's not as important that you get everything right the first time and that i think goes back to uh fear it goes back to the time thing just just not feeling like they're like time is scarce because it's not we got plenty of time you can do all the things and guess what here's here's probably the hardest thing for people to swallow it was the hardest thing for me to swallow, the hardest thing for me to really get through my head. If it turns out that for that, like for say for a romantic relationship, you start dating somebody, you get a couple weeks in, she gets really mad about something and you respond incorrectly, okay? Meaning you, you respond wrong, you make the wrong choice and she dumps you for it or she doesn't want to be
3: with you or it just doesn't work out after that. Guess what? Should have been together anyway. That's not what you need. You can't, you, you can't be with people that are expecting you to get it perfect every time. you got to be with
1: people who are willing to give and take with you, that are willing to, to, to see the, the effort and communicate with you what they actually need and then move forward from there. So back to the, the thing about time and back to the thing about guilt and fear, don't, you can't be afraid that your relationship is going to end that your friendship is going to end, that your job is going to end. Because that's most likely going to be, if it does end, that's going to be the reason. At the core, the reason why a relationship will end if you're concerned about whether it's going to end is because you're so concerned about it.
3: I'm going to
2: sneeze.
3: <coughs> Excuse me.
2: All that concern makes you over-present. You're too...
3: You're trying too hard to to um, you're trying too hard trying too hard to, to, to make it work when it should it'll work if it works like it'll it'll work Just be you be natural don't try and say the right thing. say what you want to say. Say what you need to say to quote good old Johnny Mayer just do you and if it doesn't work out with the girl, it's not because. You didn't do it right. It's because you weren't compatible to begin with or because she's crazy or because you're crazy. It could be any of those things.
1: The truth is, uh, I think statistically, there is somebody that uh, can handle you. Statistically, statistically speaking, there's enough people in this world that there is somebody out there who can handle you being you and is excited about it. And by the way, added bonus, that you like what they do. Right. so there's no reason for you to spend your time and waste your time trying to be something else, trying to say things the way that someone wants to hear them. Now, there's a small caveat there because I, I, I believe very strongly in the love languages theory and principle, but I think, I think the point is actually moot because if you're in a relationship with someone that you actually care about, and you're paying attention, The, I think there's a... Okay, so let me see if I can explain this, because this is coming out stream of thought. I've never actually like formed this, this into words yet. I think there's a difference between the way that you show affection, between your love language, um, the way that you, you express your, your love language, and the way that you express your love language with someone that you care about. Because I don't actually believe that people who really care about the other person are concerned about, like are concerned about themselves. Cause I think that's the, that's the like the definition of being concerned about somebody or caring about somebody else is that you're not as concerned about you. You're concerned about them. Right? So the, the line that we have to walk is you got to do you, you got to be you, you got to, I think you got to be you, you got to be true to yourself, but at the same time you have to, uh, if if you're in a relationship with someone that you care about, you have to pay attention to the stuff that they like, and and you will get satisfaction yourself out of giving them what they like. Because again, if you're the type of person who really cares about the other person, then their happiness, them smiling, them their pleasure is your is your pleasure, right? So the love languages thing I think is important because it's better to understand things that are more meaningful to somebody else cuz I've talked about this like, talk about language before and a lot of it comes down to just the, their experience like what they've experienced in their life and if you if you, something would mean a whole lot to you doesn't necessarily would mean it would mean a whole lot to the other person but I think
3: I think that you naturally kind of gravitate towards that when you really care about the other person I think so. So I think, it's, I, think it's, I think the point is kind of moot. I do think
1: it's important to pay attention, though. And it's like I was saying before. Yeah, you, you want to pay attention because you want to you please
3: the other person. You want to make them happy, right? I hope so. I mean, if you're, just kind of, if you're just kind of playing the field, that's a different story. If that's
1: you, well, like, whatever. That's fine. There's plenty of people out there that are also playing the field. Plenty of people that are cool with
3: that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm talking about, uh, I'm talking about long term play, like making the long term play. If you're if you're one of the guys who's
1: who's more concerned about uh, about connection and long term intimacy and and uh, and and really being close with somebody, like I am, sounds so sappy and girly, but it's true. It's the truth. It's me. I'll leg kick
3: you for days. You want to fight? I'll fight you. So don't get it twisted, boy. That's me being a thug. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm into. I'm not into the the whole
1: idea. And it's, this could be my uh, Mormon upbringing. That's that my Mormon guilt that's coming back to sort of haunt me. But I'm not into like quick, like like a like quick fix. You know, like I'm not into just you know going to bars and picking up girls and. Sleeping with a different girl every night and like spreading myself around—like I don't, I don't, I'm not really into that. Like the idea of it, it—I it, would number one, I wouldn't even know how. I don't, I don't think I have that kind of game. But again, I don't think it's bad, you know. It's just it's what you want. It's your thing. Some people want to do that, and that's fine. And the the problem is when when the person that's like that ends up meeting somebody who doesn't want the short game, wants the long game, and there's miscommunication. But that's a language, that's a that's a communication error, not a personality error. Because there there are plenty of there are plenty of guys who want to play the field. There are plenty of girls who are cool being played. They just want to
3: have fun. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um So yeah. I think that's important. Uh got to uh got to be good.
2: Got to you gotta, gotta, get, get your head in the game. Ooh. Speaking of. Speaking of relationships. Or. Uh, cultivating relationships. I'm gonna send a text. I'm gonna send it right now. <laughs> She's tired. The other thing, too, about
3: relationships is you can't be so serious.
1: Especially, like, you can't take things so seriously. That's a life question, actually. You can't take life so seriously because it's not. Uh, it's not very serious. Um, I mean, it is serious, but you, you can't control it. So it's not, it's, it doesn't do you any good to try and take everything so seriously, and especially taking yourself seriously.
3: Because you're not that important. I'm not that important right so um so anyway so i think that i think
1: that's that's an important thing to keep in mind is just you you just you just you know you just got to slow it down man you just got to slow your roll you just got to you know take it easy zen out a little bit stop running around like a crazy person and just think for a second you know just chill out and and do your thing. And guess what? I know a lot of people uh that if that are gonna see this or might see this. This we're almost an hour into this, so the chances of anybody seeing this part of the podcast are whew, slim to none. Um
3: the the crazy part about the whole thing is you're you, you don't have to agree with anything that I've said. Like the the specific examples. Um But th- what I'm saying is, is, is true, right? Like you don't have to be, you know, you might not
1: agree with me that if somebody wants to go play the field that they should just go pick up girls in bars or pick up guys in bars. You might have your reasons. You might have religious reasons. You might have moral reasons, whatever. And that's fine. I don't, it, it doesn't really matter. I respect you. You can have whatever beliefs you want. At the end of the day, objectively speaking, it's not a problem. doesn't hurt me. It doesn't hurt you. It's not hurting anybody, um, except it might hurt people who are putting themselves in situations to get hurt by that, but it's kind of their fault. I mean, I know that sounds harsh, but that, that, you gotta learn to operate in the world that we, that we live in. Like, of course, if, if you're at a bar, if you're a girl, and you're at a bar, and you're hanging out, a guy comes over and asks you to buy, to buy you a drink, one
3: of two things is happening. One, you're gonna sleep with him that night. It's one of three things. One, you're going to sleep with him that night. Two, you're
1: going to tell him to back off and never going to talk to him again, or some some
3: version of that. Or three, you guys are going to get to know each other a little bit. Right? And you might go out with him later. So, so 66%. There's a 66%
1: chance that if you see a dude at a bar, you're going to be hanging out with him again. And you know that the dudes at the bars are way more likely
3: to be in it for a one night stand than anything else. So if you're at a bar, if you get picked up at a bar, what are you expecting? I think, I think more that's, I think what I'm trying to say there is more the girls that do get picked up at
1: bars aren't so fragile. They know what they're doing and it's fine. That's the point. Anyway, um, let me wrap this up a little bit. Uh, the whole point I think of today's episode is be true to you, be honest, don't be so, so caught up with guilt and don't be so, especially don't be so like trying, don't try and don't try and be so fast about things. So like, don't get caught up with, Oh, this is, this is bad. This is wrong for whatever reason. Just do what you want to do. But, uh, but remember that if you try and force it and go too quickly, you're going to miss, you're going to miss the best parts. So, um, so let things take time, you know? Take time to do it right, you know? Take And when, you, when, you're, when you're writing a report, you know that if you write a report the night before it's due, it's not going to be as good as if you spent six months on it or three months on it or however long you had for it, right? So just use that same sort of approach and I think it will be good. It will be good, skis. Uh, I'm super excited. This weekend, probably tomorrow, maybe on Sunday, we're going to be recording an episode with my good friend Artem Sharoshkin, or as the English speakers like to say, Artem Sharoshkin. Uh, he's the owner of the boxing club here in San Diego, former professional Muay Thai fighter, uh, currently he's a trainer, like I said, owner at the, at the boxing club. He um, actually was just featured in, a, in, a, in an article here in San Diego of it's like a 30 under, 30 under 30 kind of thing, except he's 30 now. Very successful, very cool guy. Uh, born and raised in Russia, came over here, has really uh, made a name for himself. Came over when he was like 17, 18, something like that. Um, and now when you hear the guy, when you hear him speak, you can hear kind of a little bit of his accent, but he knows more about English um, colloquialisms, I think, than I do. He's, he's, a, he's an impressive specimen So we'll get on, we'll talk we are gonna talk about some fighting stuff We might talk about some business stuff we'll Probably talk about life and relationships uh, He actually is the one that introduced me to this new app So I'm sure we're going to talk about that um, And I, I think if we can swing it We're going to get Dennis on here as well To provide his insights Which will be awesome I'm really excited for the new setup Oh by the way, I don't think I told you about this I got a No, bear with me here I have more addition to the setup I, I replaced the, the Mackie thing, the the uh what's you call whatchamacallit thingy. The um mixer with a firewire mixer because this way when I'm recording music, I can record all the channels separately into a GarageBand track, which means I can control them, manipulate them a little bit easier. And then this is where it's cool. What I'm gonna do is I bought a little USB audio interface and I'm gonna run the outs from here into there and then run that in for the podcast when I'm recording stuff and doing live stuff on on the computer for various reasons, which I can go into later to give you kind of a technical overview of how this, this stuff works. But I'm kind of excited. And I think that this setup is going to work really well. I have the camera over there. We'll have main guest, whoever that's going to be on here, which we're not actually going to have as many on as soon as I would have liked. But we'll have the main guest here. And then Dennis will probably just sit right over there. And he'll lend his voice, but maybe not be featured as much. I mean, Dennis, obviously, when he's on, when it's just me and him, he'll sit here. But we'll put Dennis down there. Um, nothing against Dennis. Love the dude. Uh, but um, if it comes down to like a third guest versus Dennis, Dennis tends, tends to kind of look like he's drunk or stoned anyway. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so we'll put him down there. But it'll be fun. I'm I'm excited to kind of see this grow. I actually just watched, to, well, I'll part with this thought. Gary Vaynerchuk just put up a video, uh, what his first piece of content he put on the internet from Wine Library TV. This is like 10, 15 years ago. And he said this is my first piece of content that I ever put out on the internet. Don't give up and just understand that you can realize your dreams. And I watched the video and it's, it's interesting to see the journey that he's been on and what he's been able to accomplish and just the difference in how he presents himself in general. It's, it's just cool to kind of see, yeah, you know, like everybody starts somewhere and he basically just turned a camcorder on and started recording. So, um, I'm excited for what this is, what's going to happen with this podcast. I'm excited for all the pieces of it. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be fun. I'm really excited about it. So, uh, All right. It's time for me
3: to play out. I think I'm going to play out on the piano this time. And I'm going to give
2: you the full song, if I can remember it. Peace.